you are your brand. People buy into people before they buy into product. And so stay authentic to your true brand story, your true brand mission. The world is your oyster. People love to help people and people love to see each other win. Know that black and brown people are number one and two in spend in beauty and that the world needs you. Sleigh bells ringing, diamonds blinging, carols singing, famous season. Sleigh bells ringing. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I feel like we haven't had a guest in a while. Yeah, it kind of feels like that, but in actuality, it's just because we had that break and then we did our Black Friday. So only like two episodes, yeah. Well, as much as I've loved Sarah and Kirby time, it was so much fun and like such an honor to have our guest, Nikeo Grico, who is the founder of Nikeo Beauty, the co-founder of 13 Loon, and the co-host of the Beauty Vanguard on our podcast today. Yes, she is awesome. And I feel like anybody who may be just thinking about launching a beauty brand. Her story is really inspiring because she didn't start off her career intending to launch a beauty brand. We talk a lot about 13 Loon, her retailer that she created, which really focuses on black and brown beauty founders, as well as allies, um, which you'll hear more about. But we talk a lot about being intentional with our beauty routines, only buying products that we need and that we've researched and know a lot more about and not just taking random marketing on the internet as the gospel. And she's going to talk a lot about the intention behind making sure that your beauty routine is diverse. You know, if you are, you know, promoting socially or you're donating your time to helping be either an ally or supporting black or brown businesses, then surely your beauty routine is a really easy way to do that. You know, so once you run out of your cleanser, maybe take a look at Beauty Stats new cleanser that launched, who was created by Ron Robinson, who is a black chemist, or maybe, you know, swap out one of your moisturizers once you finish with a Filipino-owned brand. Anything that you can do to kind of just help that generational wealth aspect for black and brown beauty founders. You know, Nakeo is going to just blow your mind with all of the amazing pieces of information that she drops in this particular episode. She really is a joy, and we can't wait to have her and Melissa Magsaysay, who is like a legend, mm -hmm. a complete ledge in especially the LA uh, yeah. beauty community as a writer and editor. So we're going to have them back because we want to do a special episode with them in the new year. So get ready for that. But anything else you want to add, Sarah? 
No, I think that's it. I'm super excited for all of you guys to listen to this. And then obviously, you know, check out 13moon.com, follow Nikeo. Look forward to our episode with them in January. It's a special day here at Los Angeles HQ. Everyone, welcome Nikeo Grico. Nikeo. Nikeo. Okay, I love asking people about their names. Uh huh. What inspired your name? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And my name, Nikeo, my entire name, Nikeo Gatao Kamochi, and now Greco since Mary, but um, the Nikeo Gatao Kamochi part um, means hardworking woman in the sunshine. I'm a first generation American of Kenyan descent, and I'm actually named after my paternal grandmother, Nikeo. I love that. What a beautiful See, name. I love asking people about their names. There's always a good story behind it most of the time, right? Yeah, me too. It's like way more meaningful than me being named after Sarah Jessica Parker because my mom was like, that sounds like a good name. (laughs) That's amazing. And by the way, huge fan. So if you're going to be named after any any actor or actress, Sarah (laughs) Jessica Parker is a great one. And Kirby was named after a dynasty star. So she understands. Oh my gosh, I'm a little jealous right now. I wonder what my name would have been if my mom would have named me after a television star. I mean, I can, I'm gonna have to ask her after we hang up. Let us know. Let us know. We'll put it in the intro. We're like, hey, Nikeo's movie star name would have been. Love it. It probably would have been like Mary Tyler Moore or something. Can you imagine you being a Mary Tyler Moore, being like Mary? Throw the hat in the air. Throw the hat in the air. You're going to make it after all. I feel like it kind of works, actually. Yeah, I feel like it still would have been an inspirational name to grow up with. Absolutely. Okay, Nikeo, we start every episode of the pod with a question called, what's on your face? So you were just saying how you applied your skincare routine before you hopped on the call. So if you could please share, like, your routine or even just call out some of your current favorites, we would love to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I started this morning. I did a little uh, exfoliating mask. I've been traveling a lot, so felt like I needed to to remove some dead layers of skin. And so I put that on for three minutes and washed it off in the shower. And then I cleansed with the McCrean cleanser that we sell over at 13 Loon. It's so great. She's a dermatologist in New York and just uses like amazing plant-based extracts and peptides to treat the skin. And she's an amazing dermatologist in the way that she created her skincare line so that people would have to have less treatments. And for somebody whose business is all, you know, making treatments, you know, the proof is in the pudding. So I used her cleanser. When I got out of the shower, I used Shawnee Darden's eye serum. And then I also used a little bit of the Beauty Stat vitamin C serum. And then of course I use my Nikeo Maracuja and Yangu soothing oil, which is really great to help remove redness and kind of even out the skin tone. And then I popped on some 11 by Venus sunscreen. That's it. And we also sell that at 13 Loon as well. The, the All the other products outside of Nikeo and the Shawnee Darden Eye Serum, we sell at 13 Loon. 
Amazing. Have you guys watched King Richard yet? No, not yet, but it's on my list. Oh my God. It's so good. No, I haven't. I haven't. It's in the queue, but I haven't watched it yet. Like speaking of Venus Williams, I already loved her. And then after this, I like love her even more. Anyways, an aside, that's an incredible routine. You're very obviously a beauty girl, a beauty founder, entrepreneur, because all those products are amazing. We're big fans of Beauty Stat, Shawnee Darden, all of it. So thank you for sharing. Of course, of course. The Shawnee Darden eye serum is so good. Like, don't sleep on it, y'all. I didn't think it would be life-changing, and it totally is. So yeah, it's a game changer. It's a really, really, really good serum. And I love, um, last night I used her sculpting wand with my Manchetti and Marfora, my night oil from the Nikeo line, and did a little sculpting in that sculpting wand, by the way. Best holiday gift ever. Great gift. Love these little throwouts. Like, what can you get people for the holidays? The Shawnee Darden wand. I feel like at this point, yes. anything from Shawnee, people are just going to be jacked about. Like, they're going to be so excited totally. to see Shawnee Darden. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Nikeo. So let's talk about your background. What led you into the beauty industry? And why did you want to start your own line? Like, what was the mission? Yeah. So it was when I was 27, almost 20 years ago. It was actually a little over 20 years ago. I'm 48 now. I worked in the entertainment industry and I worked mostly in representation of actresses. So I had just one of those great jobs where I had so many beauty products and fashion lines coming across my desk all the time. And And what I found pretty quickly once I got into this role is that I really loved the fashion and beauty aspect more than reading scripts and finding actors jobs. And so I was always the first to to volunteer to be on set for shoots. I wanted to be part of at that point in Hollywood is when a lot of actresses were starting to get beauty deals. I wanted to be part of those conversations and And that's what really excited me. So I'd say kind of a beauty lover first, but I also am a first generation American of Kenyan descent, as I mentioned before. And what I found when all of these products were coming across my desk is that the continent of Africa was so underrepresented at this time. This was, you know, in 2001. And I felt that I had all of these beautiful family recipes because my grandmother was a coffee farmer in Kenya and she taught me my first beauty secret using Kenyan coffee beans and sugar cane and oils that from her farm to exfoliate our skin. We would use rods of sugar cane when I would go visit her. That was sort of our bonding experience. And then my grandfather died before I got the chance to know him, but he was a medicine man. So even though I was this Kenyan American kid growing up here in the States, both on the East Coast and then eventually Oklahoma, my mom would always use these sort of remedies and beauty secrets to treat my skin and to treat my hair. So it's really all I knew. People ask all the time when I started Nikeo Beauty, how did you know to set out and start a clean skincare brand? And and I think every time someone asks me that, clean isn't a trend to me. It's just sort of all I ever knew because of my family. And so I decided to quit my job in Hollywood and start making my grandmother's coffee scrub. That's how it all started. What brought you into Hollywood? Like, did you think initially you wanted to be an agent or like, how did that work out? I always love to hear people's Hollywood story. I graduated from the University of Oklahoma where, you know, I grew up from the age of nine and you know, when I graduated, a lot of my friends were moving to places like Dallas or Houston or Kansas City, Chicago, you know, places in the Midwest to do jobs like awesome admiral jobs. I and mean, we all went to business school at OU and or graduated with business degrees at OU and everything from pharmaceuticals to working at, you know, one of the big accounting firms and 
I don't know. I was just always this kind of dreamer that felt that, well, A, I had come to California my senior year with some sorority sisters of mine. And after five minutes, I was like, this is where I belong. I love it so much. I love the ocean and and the trees. But more than anything, I just love the fact that Los Angeles is a place that like literally attracts dreamers. And I had always seen myself as a dreamer. And it's a place that makes it absolutely okay to be the biggest dreamer possible. There are many people who are rolling into town with their two duffel bags and their Toyota Corolla and believe that they'll win an Oscar one day. And so, you know, for me, I loved sports actually. And so when I came out here, I originally, which is hysterical because I couldn't name five pro athletes now if you asked me to, but um, at the time I wanted to be a sports agent. I don't know if it was the Jerry Maguire effect, but that's what I set out to do. And then very quickly, I learned just how difficult it would be to break into the sports industry, especially as a woman and a woman of color at that time. And so I met this woman at a coffee shop and she was like, well, maybe you should work at an agency. That's what all young people do when they come out here. And so my very first job was working at a talent agency as an assistant. And so that was sort of how I broke in. And then I kind of played and you know, do I want to be on the production side? Do I want to be on the representation side for many years? And and then I just love people and I love artists. And so that's how I found myself landing in representation. Do you feel like your connections at the agency kind of like developing those relationships helped you when you launched your beauty brand? And now obviously with 13 Loon, like, do you go back and work with people that you used to work with all those years ago? That's a great question. So when I launched Nikeo Beauty and it, you know, I started it in 2001 and launched it at Fred Siegel here in LA in 2002 in Jeffrey, New York. And at that time there was no social media. If an actor or an actress said that they loved a product, they didn't necessarily get paid to say so. It was very, it was such a great time to launch a brand because it was just so organic. And so, yeah, when I first decided to start making my grandmother's coffee scrub and my grandfather's, I made a body oil and some other products. When I started, you know, I obviously started just kind of mixing in my kitchen. And then, you know, in order to be able to take it to store, I found a chemist. And through that process, I was able to tap into these relationships that I had nurtured, people who had become true friends and allies to, you know, I would drive around with like a little Tupperware container and say, give me your thoughts and call me tomorrow and let me know if it works or with all of my community, my community that was in media, my community in Hollywood, and also just my girlfriends, um, who I consider my family as well, were really part of that journey in the very beginning. And now so many of the people that I worked with many years ago have championed all the different phases of Nikeo. You know, Nikeo has not been an overnight success. It's had many stops and starts, many launches, relaunches, been part of many portfolios. And every single time, the same people that were there from day one, as well as all of the other amazing souls that have come into my life since then, always show up to champion. And so for that, I'm super grateful. So obviously, Nikkeo Beauty is wildly successful. And then you were acquired by Unilever in 2016. Now you can shop Nikkeo at Target, which is like, I feel like every beauty founders like dream is to like be able to, to you know, be available on the, on the shelves at Target. So most beauty entrepreneurs like would probably stop, maybe like retire, go on vacation for a little bit, you know, enjoy the success. But you, no, you went on to launch another business, which we mentioned is 13 Loon. 
Can you tell us why, like, first of all, why you wanted to launch 13 Loon? What inspired you to do that? Like, yeah, why, why didn't you want to like take a little beat and, you know, spend time with yourself? Like what pushed you into moving forward and launching another business? Yeah. So, you know, starting with the acquisition, Nikeo was part of the Sundial Brands portfolio and the entire portfolio was acquired by Unilever in, in 2016. And so I wasn't ready to not have that job, nor was I really in a position to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to head to the beach for some time. I, as many young founders, and I don't mean young in age, young founders, meaning smaller brands and larger portfolios really have to stay on in order to make sure that people still feel that connectivity and get to know the brand. So I did. And I also hadn't seen that total dream realized. You know, I had launched into another national retailer before and, and, and that situation hadn't worked out. And I, I was sort of in another do-over phase with the brand. And so I just wanted to see it to fruition. I wanted to see it on the shelves at Target. It had always been a dream that I had had for many years, to your point. And then also it was just a dream realized. But that dream realized happened in 2020. So, you know, we launched online in January, February 2020 with the expectation that we would go into stores in the summer. And then COVID happened. And at the height of this global pandemic, we were also dealing with the most heightened moment of our lifetime of systemic racism. And in June of 2020, like so many others, I found myself, Nikeo, and the brand Nikeo showing up on all of the lists, you know, top 20, top 50, Black-owned, Black-founded, follow, shop, et cetera. And, and while I guess it was exciting to have people hear about a brand that's been around for 18 years for the very first time and to receive that attention and increase in sales, it was built on the precipice of a heartbreaking time for all of us. And, you know, I, as a mom, was having just the hardest time processing. It felt that, you know, life as we knew it, or at least I'd known it up until that point at step 47 at that time, that nothing I believed to be true was true. And, and so I couldn't focus on, on sales. And it was really hard, honestly, to just get out of bed at that time. And so I just decided to start shopping the list because I'm a beauty lover first and beauty makes me happy. And so I started going through these lists and I was shocked at A, how many brands on these lists there were that I have never heard of, and then when I would go down the rabbit hole of their Instagrams, I couldn't believe some of them, how few followers they had, how little distribution they had. Most of them were direct to consumer. And I'd say most shockingly is as a Black female founder who's always created products for people of all colors, it had been somewhat of a lonely road for me for 18 years, you know, sort of seeing other women that looked like me. I mean, of course, there was Lisa Price, who I love and adore, and and a few others who had come to market since I had launched Nikeo Beauty. But definitely not to the tunes of lists of 50 or 100 or 250. And I kept thinking, why in the world have I, did I not know they were there? That I didn't know I had these fellow colleagues that we share such similar stories. And, and how do I make sure that I get them to success quicker than I did? Because it shouldn't have taken me 18 years to get to Target or an acquisition. And so I just started reaching out and getting to know some of them as friends and hearing their stories. And, and I was also receiving a lot of DMs and messages from people asking, I want to use Nikeo Beauty, but can I use it on my skin? We were as a world, which I knew to be ridiculous because I, as a Black woman, have been using products made by people who aren't Black or Brown my whole life, and they work on my skin and my hair. And, and that's exactly what we do. So that there was still this disconnect in the industry that people... Some people were still assuming that brown and black people only make products for brown and black people and and the racism within that thought process. And then also there were other beautiful initiatives coming out of the summer of 2020, like the 15% pledge and, 
and pull up for change. But when I was looking at all these lists, I just thought to myself, you could open a whole store and only carry these brands and be super successful because look at how beautiful they are, how efficacious they are, non-toxic, gorgeous packaging, great founder stories. And so my dear friend and I had talked since the acquisition of Nikeo about collaborating on another project. And he comes from the world of fashion and inclusive fashion. He started 11 on Array, which is sort of the first of its kind, really, truly inclusive sizing platform for women 12 plus that brought a lot of couture to those sizes. And so as friends, we've been talking for years about we should do something together because we both like live and breathe and preach inclusivity and diversity. And then when this summer of 2020 happened to all of us, And after the murder of George Floyd, we knew exactly what it was, is that we wanted to create the first of its kind, truly inclusive beauty retail platform where 90% of the brands that we carry are created by black and brown BIPOC founders who create products for people of all colors. And then 10% of our brands are dedicated to fostering allyship. We never wanted this to be perceived as a platform that is black for black or brown for brown, which those platforms are amazing and much needed. This is a platform that was going to sort of force us all to come together as allies and black and brown people to help to build generational wealth and alleviate systemic racism, at least be some small part of it through the lens of beauty. I I love this. While you were talking about this, something kind of popped in my head. And I don't know if it's a question or a comment or a stream of consciousness that maybe you can articulate better or comment on. You were on Clubhouse, right? Like you, you, you participated on Clubhouse pretty frequently. Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, as often as I could. Yeah. I was no Ron Robinson on Clubhouse, but I've definitely been on Clubhouse. <laughs> no, nobody's surpassing Ron. Okay, that man, that man should be paid by Clubhouse. Okay, like he should run Clubhouse. At Legit. This point. Legit. Um, he should own Clubhouse. <laughs> exactly. Just give it to him. Um, but I would always pop into the rooms that talked about like beauty business or running a beauty business or basically having these credible experts on the panel talking about, okay, this is what you need to know if you're starting a business. This is like the bare minimum you need to do. And then people would come up and ask questions. And I remember walking into a conversation where it talked about like getting to the root of racism within retail and how difficult retailers make it for smaller independent brands especially BIPOC owners to get into these bigger box retailers. Then we have obviously 13 Loon, which is like the solution to that, right? But then I'm seeing, you know, 13 Loon at JCPenney, which is great. Obviously, Nikeo is at Target. Do you want to comment on that at all? Like, is there anything that you want to say about that? I, I'm really curious just from your professional perspective. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done and, and and just such an opportunity for the beauty industry to do better, to move the needle for change and to help support founders to get to that place of building generational wealth so we can level the playing field. I mean, that's what systemic racism is all about. It's about not having a level playing field. And so, yeah, you know, I've definitely been in the industry for a long time as a Black female founder. And I would say, you know, when I commented earlier about it shouldn't have taken me 18 years for this, that, or the other, so much of the stops and starts of Nikeo Beauty had everything in the world to do to the lack of access that I had to capital. 
So I would have a huge opportunity, you know, launch into a great amount of retailers or have a big hit like Nikeo Beauty being on the Oprah show or the Ellen show or talked about in a bigger way by celebrities. And I would sell out of all the product and be back ordered thousands of units and then just need a little bit of capital to go and, and produce that inventory or to grow a team so I wouldn't have to do it all on my own anymore or whatever it may be. And the amount of doors that would be closed, even with a proven concept or not even opened at all, meaning not even a conversation based on the fact that I was a woman first, because it's no easy track for women, but definitely for women of color, even less so. And yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I've, I've sold into retailers before by being a, a smaller brand, um, whether it be in a portfolio or an independent. And not necessarily having the marketing budgets to sit alongside and actually be able to take market share like my colleagues on the shelves next to me. And so much of that is access to capital or deployment, but also the support of retailers. And so 13 Loon, we started as a platform. And to your point earlier, 90 days after we launched, we got a call from JCPenney. We had always seen the business as a full omni-channel business. And we, we definitely plan to open brick and mortar. We definitely didn't know that we would be having those conversations three months after we launched. And JCPenney as a corporation being so dedicated to hyper-inclusivity and making sure the consumer can see themselves reflected on shelf, but also making sure that we are helping to amplify and celebrate and elevate black and brown founders was so aligned with our mission that we decided to partner with them so that we could go to brick and mortar and, and bring the opportunity to bring some of our BIPOC founders into national retailers for the very first time, but with the support they need to be able to survive it. I think that the industry can do better, that we as retailers can always do better, but it's really a cyclical thing that it, that it all comes down to access to capital and, and the deployment of that capital and support. So the financial community, the retail community, you know, I'm speaking specifically about retail and the beauty community we can all work together. And I have hope that we're moving in the right direction. I definitely don't see this as some dismal moment. I didn't even see it as dismal when I was living it because I just thought I was an entrepreneur, which often means a perfectionist. I was hard on myself thinking it was my fault that I wasn't getting as far as XYZ brand. And it really only was in the last couple of years that I realized that I could have gone a little easier on myself and that I could be part of the change based on the experience that I had. Nikeo, do you have any advice or like words of wisdom for like up and coming black and brown creatives or beauty founders or, you know, anyone who's like trying to get into the industry who just feel like it's impossible, they don't know where to start, like you've lived it. What can you say to these people who look up to you? Thank you. Um, well, first of all, don't give up. I think it's very, very important. You are your brand. People buy into people before they buy into product. And so Stay authentic to your true brand story, your true brand mission. Be resourceful. When I started out, there was no LinkedIn. You couldn't hit up beauty editors on online, on DMs and things like that. Um, none of that existed. And so now the world is your oyster. Mind your manners. I say don't hunt people down. They don't appreciate it. People are busy just like you. But don't be afraid to reach out. People love to help people and people love to see each other win. And then, you know, for black and brown beauty founders specifically, know that black and brown people are number one and two in spend in beauty and that the world needs you and the world needs your product because these young consumers, especially the next generation, A, they need to know that they can do it too, but B, they need to, you know, like my kids, see themselves reflected on shelf. That's what's going to inform their buying decisions. And in about 15 years, they're going to be the majority. So 
good for you getting into this business now because it's the perfect time to claim your space and know that retailers like 13 Loon and 13 Loon at JCP and JCP Beauty overall are there rooting for you. And I do believe in my heart that the industry is doing what they can to do better. And for those that aren't, they'll be left behind and their businesses won't exist anymore. So even more market space for you. I want to talk about what you were speaking about earlier and how you have the initiative at 13 Loon called the, the BIPOC swap. So Kirby and I participated in this, and we also want to challenge our listeners to, you know, take a look at their skincare routines or beauty routines and make some swaps and, you know, get to know some new brands, especially, you know, those that are available at 13 Loon. But what do you suggest? Like, what is the best way to go about this? Right. So first of all, I didn't really realize until recently how many people don't know what the term BIPOC is. And so I always love to further explain Black, Indigenous, people of color. And so look at BIPOC as a global experience, right? So when we say Black and Brown, that 90% of our brands at 13 Loon are created by Black and Brown founders. Black and Brown means Black, means Afro-Latina, Latina, Latinx, Hispanic, Southeast Asian, East Asian, Chilean, South American, global. So think about it as global. So these are founders who have been inspired by their their real heritage to share beauty secrets that have been used for thousands and thousands of years, especially coming from marginalized communities around the world. So why not get on board? It's like an, it's a small world, super fun experience. They all create products for you as well, whoever you are and whoever's listening. And a BIPOC swap is just what we talked about earlier. It's just an opportunity to help build generational wealth through the lens of something so fun like beauty, to help get these brands to support. And so, yeah, so BIPOC swap. It's so just ingrained in me to love product first, but it's also ingrained in me to really be a pay, pay attention to the founders. Like I did when I mentioned my morning skincare routine today, and, and many of them are BIPOC founders. So for instance, whatever eye serum you're using, check out Shawnee Darden's eye serum. Shawnee Darden is a black woman an amazing esthetician, Ron Robinson, who we've mentioned a couple of times, beauty step, best vitamin C serum ever. Check out his vitamin C serum. He's a chemist. He knows it left and right, patented technology, a black man. So it's really taking just a little bit of extra time to look at what you're using. Know that these founders, especially that we have on 13 Loon, these products are highly vetted. Our buyer came from Net-A-Porte. Our Vanguard is packed with a bunch of influential models, artists, doctors, et cetera, who help us vet the product myself in the industry for 20 years. These are products that deliver on their promises, but with a little extra love and support, we're going to help make sure that these brands are around for generations. That's great. I love it. Because, you know, we often talk about being more intentional with our product purchases, right? Like, don't go out and buy something just because you saw it promoted on Instagram. Like you really, we, we get a lot of questions from our listeners sometimes like, oh, I bought this product because it sounded great, but I don't even know how to use it. How would you use it? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like don't buy a product if you don't know what it's intended for, right? So in this case, I feel like it's another layer of intention, like looking through your routine. If it's all white, maybe... <laughs> 
<laughs> take a step back once you finish it and say, okay, let's expand. Let's expand here. Let's, let's like, you know, for me personally, as a white woman, like let's be allies. Uh, and, and one really easy way to be an ally is to support the generational wealth of black and brown beauty founders. So Love that. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned allies because we also, as I said, 10% of the brands that we carry at 13 Loon are ally brands. And and I also want their brands supported as well, right? So not necessarily for the BIPOC swap, but when we're talking about allies, you know, we define an ally on 13 Loon as a brand that long before the summer of 2020 was considering all in their formulations, whether it comes to makeup shades or skincare, being gentle enough for more melanin-rich skin or their hair care brands being great for textured hair as well as hair that's bone straight and weren't performative in that, that they were doing it all along the way. Not that it's not okay for brands to start to transition in that way because change is needed, but ally brands, like in order to be part of our 10%, that had to be part of your ethos, but also behind the scenes, these ally brands were really working to either being vocal about their changes that they wanted to make to diversify their teams and elevate people on their teams, or they already were and continue to do so in their advertising, in their Instagram boxes, long before the summer of 2020, you felt seen if you were a person of color for that brand. And so, you know, I'm also happy that we have the Goops and the Vintner's Daughter. And a lot of these brands too are brands that have been, the founders have been true allies in championing me when it was got, times got really tough for me as a beauty founder. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep it going and introduce me to investors and sold my brand on their sites and, and things like that. So allyship can come in the form of just making your beauty shopping more meaningful. And you're also going to have great skin and hair and some beautiful makeup. So why not? Amen. Amen. Okay, so you have your own podcast called The Beauty Vanguard, and I love that you used this word earlier. So tell everybody why you wanted to start it and kind of, I feel like we should um, definitely link the pod in our show notes, so we'll be sure to do that. But I'd also love to know, like, is there a specific episode we should direct our listeners, like their gateway in? Well, we just released Shawnee Darden's episode. So you should definitely potentially link that one since we've been talking about her. Also, you know, our first episodes really explain who we are at the Beauty Vanguard. And then we do some awesome episodes where we talk about some of these incredible brands and ways to help you with your BIPOC swap. So any and all you pick and thank you for the support. But yeah, you know, we, Melissa Maxese and I, uh, Melissa is a longtime veteran of the beauty industry. She has, and fashion, uh, been a journalist and really such an expert in editorial. Um, and she runs our editorial team and is the head of content at 13 Loon. And she's a Filipina woman that I actually met when she wrote a story about me for the New York Times or the LA Times 14 years ago. So full circle that we're getting to work together now. And, and we wanted to celebrate the beauty of inclusion. We love beauty podcasts. We love beauty magazines. We love all things beauty, but we wanted to go get a little bit deeper into understanding what inclusion and beauty means and how, if we all commit to making the beauty industry more inclusive, what the world can look like. And so most of our guests are dermatologists, founders, different beauty lovers um, that come from different industries. We talk a lot about product, but we also talk a lot about what the world looks like when we all come together. Um, beauty is universal. It's one of the greatest industries to help 
us unify after some really divisive times. And so that's what we hope the Beauty Vanguard is doing for, for our listeners and, and for the community. I just have to say, I have been such a longtime fan of Melissa's, like as a Filipino American woman, as someone who, you know, wanted to be a fashion and beauty journalist. Like I remember reading her stories in college and like, she was literally like the only Filipino American journalist that I knew in this space. And so she really like, and I I don't think I've ever said this to her because I'm like too shy to to even say it. And I'd probably like start crying. Yeah. And the fact that we like, like she followed me back on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, it's like, you know, like one of your idols following you back. And so she has like her work, she has just done so much and I'm sure she knows it, but like for people like me to even be able to like, to connect with her and to watch her career and like, she's just such an inspiration. So I love, love this beauty vanguard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, that made me emotional. Um, That will mean the world to Melissa and you should absolutely tell her she has really, really, truly dedicated her life long before, as we say, 2020, celebrating all of our stories. And she's such a catalyst and inspiration to so many. So I'm so lucky that I get to work with her every day and that we get to tell these stories and, and, and create the space for others to share of themselves. We need to do like a, a podcast swap. You guys need to come on I to was the Beauty Vanguard. Say, I want y'all, I want both of you on next time. Can we figure that out? Absolutely. Yes, we'll definitely figure it out. And we want both of you on. Um, I'm sure it'll be like our first like two-hour episode because we'll have so much to share and to talk about. But um, yeah, I love her. I love her so much. And I, you know, when we first named our podcast, The Beauty Vanguard, we were like, wow, who knew that a Black woman and a Filipino woman could come together to declare themselves vanguards of beauty in this industry and this time during what the world is going through. And and I have to say there was something that made us both a little anxious about it because of just the state of the world and and will people tune in and will they listen and, and do they care what we have to say when it comes to beauty and and I would say the response has been incredible and incredibly supportive. And and so, yes, I absolutely want you guys to come on. And Melissa and I will definitely come back for sure. You guys are seriously such a force. Like, it, it was like such a long time coming to have the two of you like join forces and then start this. And we are like so honored to even be able to like talk to you one and then to be able to come on the podcast. We're so excited. Yes. 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 I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. So tis the season. Everyone's, you know, got their shopping lists. We got to shop for our favorite people, our favorite beauty lovers. We have to ask you because you are like queen of beauty curation. You know what we should be spending our dollars on. What is on your holiday shopping list? Like what are you buying for your friends and family? Well, I'm absolutely buying 13 Loon gift certificates for everyone because I love the fact that the site is such a place of discovery. And as I said before, it's like taking a global journey. And so I want everybody to be able to pick what resonates for them. So I will be purchasing and helping to build generational wealth on behalf of our website and our founders. And then, I don't know, I've been really into tools lately and it's getting a little tool heavy in my house, as my husband said, <laughs> but I think for those like big ticket items, my sister-in-law and the family members, we usually do like a swap between the adults and I got my sister-in-law this year. And she, every time comes to my house, she like covets my Shawnee Darden wand. So 
I think that she might be getting one of those. And my mom has been asking a lot about like face masks, you know, the LED ones. And so she might be getting one of those. I love the sundry, the sundry cooling globe, which by the way is $14, best stocking stuffer ever. So good. It's so good. We literally sell out of it every week at 13 Loon. We finally ordered enough inventory that I hope will take us through holiday, but it's $14 and it's literally one of the best tools. You just pop it in your fridge. I use it in the morning as like my under my eyes because I get a lot of puffiness under my eyes or if I've been flying or if I had a couple glasses of wine the night before, I'll use it like in my jawline. It's so good and it's $14. I feel like everybody should get that. I mean, best teacher gift. Teachers need a break. Get the sundry cooling globe and a couple of other like, you know, we have a lot of under $25 items at 13 Loon right now that are being highlighted. I think that best teacher guess. And it's not about it just being my business. It's like my favorite store too. I have a 14 month old, so I'm not at teacher gifts yet, but my, I, I have two older sisters and every Christmas they hit me up and they're like, okay, what can we pick from your beauty closet that we can give the teachers? <laughs> it's like a thing. Right. Yeah. Totally. My friends are always like, you know, you make us look so bad because you roll in here with like an entire like Dior palette plus like a Starbucks gift card plus Nikeo oils. I'm like, I have so much product. They need it. They deserve it. They have the hardest job of all. Your kids are definitely the favorites. Yeah. I feel like too, those ice globes are genderless. And so we, I mean, I'm sure you as well, Nikeo, but get so many packages delivered on a regular basis. So every year I try to like remember to gift our like FedEx, UPS people, you know, something. I feel like that's like a nice thing instead of just like a Starbucks gift card, right? They're like, I'm like, listen, you've been working really hard, especially this holiday season, have some ice globes. Maybe my UPS driver will hate me, but I I feel like he could benefit from it. And if he doesn't, somebody else that he knows will. Exactly. He can use it on the go. Yes. In the truck. Just keep them in the truck. They'll be cold. There's like no door, right? Like they like drive around without the door. Yeah. It'll like naturally preserve the coldness. Right. Love it. Oh, and I'm looking at it now across the way, we have this brand called Prados, a makeup brand called Prados. And the founder, Cece Meadows, is Native American. And she, everything she does is inspired by her Native American and Chicana heritage. But she has this palette that has 30 colors, all inspired by Native American customs. So it's like turquoise and yellow and orange and hot pink, but then also like lots of cool browns and ambers. And it's only $38. My daughter, and her friends are obsessed. My daughter's almost 16. That's what she's getting all her friends for the holidays. But it's like the perfect palette. Because if you want to go a little crazy with the, you know, I was very inspired by Diana Kruger's um, Met Ball look with the hot pink in the corners of her eyes. And it's so easy to do for, I'm not a makeup expert. So I just, you know, take the brush and just add a little turquoise in the corners and it makes your eyes pop. And so, yeah, that's another one. That's a great teacher gift, gift in general, Prados Beauty palette. Oh, I can't wait to check that one out. That sounds right at my alley. Okay, Nikaya, we're going to do our speed round. This is just the first thing that comes to mind, really easy stuff, but we always find it's really fun to like get to know you on like a speedy level. So I know this is like choosing a child, but what is the must buy Nikeo beauty product? Um, currently Nikeo, Maracuja and Yangu face oil. I think everyone says this currently yeah. because it's hard <laughs> to pick. It's hard to pick. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to pick. Here's another currently, um, 
your favorite product that you are currently using that's available at 13 Loon that you have not yet mentioned? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, Charlotte Mensa's Manchetti hair oil. Ooh, I'm going to check that one out. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning. Meditate. See, okay. You're one of those. You're one of those. When people say they <laughs> meditate, I'm like, you have your life together. You have it. You've, you, no. you've got it together. Here's the, here's the thing now. It's a new practice for me. It started in 2020 when I discovered what anxiety feels like. I used to say that I was a chronic, like, terrible med. I can't meditate. I don't know how. And so my meditation sometimes lasts a minute. Sometimes it's 20. It's just being able to, before I step out of bed, go within, clear the mind, be in a place of gratitude, and think about nothing before I grab my phone. Okay. I feel like putting it in that perspective helps because I was very much like you thinking, I'm thinking about 800 other things at this point. What, what am I doing here? But did you know that they're now selling this chair? It's like a $3,000 meditation chair. I'm like, come on. Not, why are we commodifying meditation at this point? Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> like, you, you can, can do it sit on down. the floor. <laughs> you can do it sitting up. You can sit on the floor. I have like one of those big poof, like, you know, bean bags. Sometimes I sit there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, Nikao, you are an Angelino. What is your favorite place to take visitors when they come to LA? Mm. History wise, Jones Hollywood or El Coyote. Cause I just feel like everybody needs to see that. And right now, like when my friends come from out of town and I want to take them somewhere fancy, San Vicente bungalows. Yes. You know why I love San Vicente bungalows? Because you can't take pictures. <laughs> yep. Because yep. you can't take pictures. You're in the moment. Right? Yep. You can't Instagram. You're in the moment. I know. I love it. I love it too. I love it. Daytime, nighttime, yeah. all the times. But Jones Hollywood's pizza and El Coyote for margaritas for sure. El Coyote is a must. It, it's such a great touristy mm -hmm. institution. Love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is the last question. Who would you freak out like like okay I compare this to Oprah meeting Mary Tyler Moore who was her hero uh, mm -hmm. have you seen that episode of the Oprah Winfrey show yes and yes. I cried she's she has like a mental <laughs> breakdown and then she's like I hate my producers for yeah. not telling me this because now I look like an idiot <laughs> um yeah that would be me meeting Oprah by the way so who is this person for you if you found out that they actively engaged with your brand Michelle Obama hands down that's a popular answer, and I, I'm not going to I also lie. feel like, like that's think, not far off. I mean, please, please be speaking the truth. I mean, I would pass out if I saw Michelle Obama, like, in the sales report from the I'm going to do – I'm going to do um, – I'm going to take it up a notch. Both Michelle and Barry. Barack is literally, like, instead of those song lists of, like, what yes. he's listening to, he's like, he's like my self-care routine. And then he's like – totally. It's not only Nikkei, totally. but then it's like everything's from 13 Loon. Um, we're all like, this is happening. <laughs> yes. I constantly have like, I have a recurring dream that my husband and I go on a double date with the Obamas and we're like buddies and we hang out and he'll be like, babe, it's, it's borderline crazy that you constantly have this dream. I'm like, maybe I'm manifesting, David. That's exactly That's what's what happening. I'm manifesting a Michelle Obama for 13 Loon. It's going to happen. Collab curation she's gonna of she's gonna join the vanguard yes 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 i see it so clearly Snaps for that we're, we're willing this into existence to the higher being you heard it here first uh <laughs> please michelle <laughs>
<laughs> heard it here first. <laughs> Nikayo, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story. You are so much fun to talk to and just a, a really great breath of fresh air for our community. Where can everybody find you online? You can find me at Nikayo, N-Y-A-K-I-O, and at 13 Loon. 13 spelled out and then Loon, L-U-N-E, which means moon in French. Awesome. Everyone, we're going to link 13 Loon. Again, thank you to Nikeo for joining thank us today. Thank you. Of course. And y'all know where to find us. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Los Angeles Pod. We have our website, glossangelespod.com. Join our Facebook group, the Los Angeles Glam Gelinos. And we will talk to you on Tuesday. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.